Welcome to the Freelancer Podcast. I'm Johannes. And I'm Carl. Together, we talk about freelancing and marketing nuggets for web developers. In this episode, we're going to be discussing how to write winning freelancing proposals. Let's get started. How's it, guys? Welcome again. Uh, just in this episode, the things we're going to be mentioning and talking about is what is a proposal, uh, the pre-proposal questions, uh, breakdown of a proposal, highlighting the problem, showcasing the solution, uh, then also uh, a quote versus pricing, uh, the terms, sending the proposal, following up, and a bit more. So, mm. uh, But first, hmm. <laughs> little did you know... We've got some good news. So I've got a question for Johannes and also for you, our very nice listener today. Have you ever seen a Japanese flying squirrel actually fly from one tree to the other? <laughs> Probably no. But if you haven't, okay, first of all, you need to go look at that. But if you look at how graceful it flies, I, I just want you to picture that feeling because that is how we feel right now. <laughs> Oh, why? I'm glad you actually asked that. We are standing right now together, Johannes and I. This is the first time we're actually standing together recording a podcast at the same time. Mm. Where, where are we, Johannes, right now? We are standing in PE overlooking the ocean with a beautiful day out there in your living room shooting a podcast. But what is in front of us? This amazing, standable, autonomous table. Exactly. Listen, bottom line is we've got our first sponsor. Mm. So autonomous desks, they pretty much sell everything from ergonomic standing automated mechanical desks to ergonomic chairs and various accessories. So this is our first sponsor. What an awesome milestone and more importantly... What an awesome product. I've been using this now for a few months. It's something I've always wanted. And let me tell you, it is awesome. It's actually also the first time Johannes has actually seen it. Mm. So what do you think of it? I'm actually pretty blown away. It's so functional. It's so practical. The fact that you can preset different levels on this thing um, for your desired need. For everybody has got different heights and lengths and so forth. It's absolutely amazing. And uh, yeah, it looks really sleek, I must say. Very neat, very clean. Yeah. Mm. Speaking about neat and clean, you can actually have your supper on you. So if it falls off on the desk, no problem licking it up. So I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> um, look, moving on, how can you get your autonomous desk? Go to Just type in on Google autonomous desks and it's literally the first link or go to autonomous.io. So we just want to thank Autonomous for sponsoring this episode. Then moving on, that leads us perfectly into what is a proposal template okay so a proposal template is a document that you present to your prospective client okay after you've met with them um, and it includes a few things it's pretty much just structuring your meeting into a document to make sure that what you've mentioned comes out and you're actually proposing with the the, the pricing and the quote um, on that document which they then can take home look at it review it and then choose an option that's in the long and the short of it that is a proposal 
Um, it's like the formalities of signing a deal. A lot of times people will go, cool, uh, let us just shake on it. Sorry, buddy, let's get the proposal out on paper so that we all know who's getting what. It consists of the following four things. It's the intro, which is pretty much the cover page. Uh, it'll then be the project overview. There'll then be some quote options. Uh, usually we like to have three different quote options and then the terms of the agreement. That's what it consists of. Um, but now... Even before you get to the proposal, you should ask a few questions to the client. So, Carl, run us through the questions. Mm. There's basically 10 questions you need to ask, and I'm going to run through them very quickly. The first one is, what does your business do? Then it's, who is your ideal target market? What is your desired action you would like a website visitor to take? What makes you unique from your competitors? What is your unique selling point? What is an average customer or client worth to your business? So whether that's selling a product or a service, what are they worth? And how do you currently get or how do you acquire new customers and clients through your website? Because you want an understanding of the marketing sort of ecosystem so that you can quote and advise accordingly. Then it's sort of the other three are more sort of standard and practical and that is do you have professional images and a brand identity then it's more time frame where when would you like the project to be completed by what is your ideal time frame here and then a final question which a lot of people often forget is is there anything else you would like me to know about mm, yes very true and one needs to um, just remind ourselves that we are not talking to a computer yeah or just an on-screen email session like you're actually talking to a business owner or somebody that wants to start a business and they've got this idea this project so you want to try and get as much information as you can from them and these questions is a guideline there can be a whole lot more questions but this is this is the absolute minimum questions that you have to ask them to get a more of an understanding of to what it is that they actually want in and during this time this is obviously when you also build rapport and you try and just chat to them be be joking, be serious if they're serious, sort of read the air, uh, fit into that because that will also definitely help uh, the final signing of the deal. Uh, if they like you, they, they see you know what you're talking about, you're actually quite thorough with the information that you gather, then that is all pluses in your favor saying, hey, I think this guy can actually pull this project off for me. I like this guy. I want to work with this guy. So all of these things is stepping stones to the final um, end result, which is you want them to use you for their project. Okay, so mm. yeah, so uh, I know Kyle has this amazing side tip that he always reminds me of because I tend to talk to the clients quite a bit and then um, eventually he asks me afterwards, oh, so what is their budget? You know, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I didn't ask them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, I mean, th this gives me nightmares. But it's actually a great tip and, and it's not something obviously I came up with. I actually learned it from, from other freelancers and I think it's a great, great tip. So let's say you're in a meeting, whether it's a telephonic meeting or whether it's in an in-person meeting or Zoom meeting or Skype meeting, whatever, and it's going a little bit longer than you expect and then you re and you sort of got a bad vibe about this client. You don't know if they have enough money. You don't know if they're willing to invest. You don't know if they understand your value behind what you can bring. You just ask a very simple question. And the question is, is something to, along the lines of like this. Do you have a budget set aside for this project? And is it at least over or is it at least X? And X could be 
your desired minimum amount you're willing to accept the project for. Obviously, keeping in mind you want to understand your break-even point, what's valuable for you, what's a win-win for everyone. But this is a very good question to actually almost profile them in a way and qualify this lead because they're not a client yet, they're a lead. And you don't want to waste your time and you don't want to waste their time. Very true. And it's very important um, because that's where you can sift uh, all those guys out that is literally just trying to find more information, uh, guys that are just just shopping around and not really serious. Okay, We all have come across those guys and you know, as much as we want to help them, we don't want to waste our time and their time. Okay, so moving on to the next point, um, we're looking at the intro and the cover page. Okay, so pretty much we're going to be breaking down the proposal, uh, what I mentioned earlier. So it's the intro, the cover page. Simply put, it's just you saying, Hi, John, dear. Thanks so much for the call yesterday. We are excited to do this for you. And uh, please see below our options and our project overview and so forth. Uh, looking forward to hear back from you. It's as simple as that. It's literally just like a little introduction thing just to, just to break it in. Um, then the next thing would be the project overview. Um, what they would like. So this is what you have heard from the questions. You put this into Word now and you sort of go into two things there. You want to highlight the problem and then you also want to showcase a solution. So you could go based on what I've heard, your sales online isn't doing that great due to the website and so forth. Therefore, sorry, uh, we're going to improve your UX, we're going to improve your landing pages and we're going to try and uh, in increase the um, conversion rate well i would say not try but i would say we are going to um we are going to aim to get a five percent increase or a ten percent increase or so forth okay so we can't make elaborate claims as this will happen because um it might even be better or it might not happen there are a few variables but from your experience and from other um case studies that you have done uh, you can to a certain level of certainty say cool you're going to have x percent increase uh, we are looking at that so the next thing would be perfectly well said johannes the next one is the solution side and as johannes mentioned he did touch on it i just want to add my two cents on this so there's a big problem here because a lot of uh, web designers or freelancers speak with too much certainty we can get you the results. We can guarantee you or, or we can get you $100,000 extra per sales, whatever. You can't speak with such certainty. You have to leave it a bit vague. Replace the word we can with we are confident we can generate. That's a little bit, a little bit more of a vaguer term, but you're not making any like a commitment to it. So uh, when you highlight the solution, when you showcase your solution, just be very practical. You know that they want to increase their sales. Their sales, it might look different. Maybe they are selling a service. Maybe they sell a, consult a consultation, for example. Let's say they're an accountant or a lawyer. Um, maybe they sell products. And whatever it is, the bottom line is they would like more clients and more sales. So you need to speak in their language. You don't say, I'm going to help you, you know, get more um, sales if they are dealing with clients does that make sense and then what you want to do is you want to highlight that and make it in simple terms to be like based on your current website and based on um, your current marketing you are getting let's say 20 clients per month however i'm confident that 
with an improved UX from a psychological, strategic web design approach, conversion-centered approach, plus additional improved strategic marketing, such as AdWords, LinkedIn ads, um, display ads, SEO, all the rest of it, we could get an additional 20% increase, which means four extra clients. Then what you would do is you would say, okay, those four clients are worth X to your business, let's say $1,000 each. Then you would sort of equate it in a year that is worth four times 12, which is 48 clients, that's $48,000. So you would base it off that. The point of doing this is you want to price anchor. And we did do a big um, podcast on pricing, so we're not going to go in too much detail there. But that's pretty much from my side. What do you have to add to that? Yeah, very well said. I just want to add to that that don't go into too much detail. In other words, don't tell them we're going to do H1, H2 headers, on-page, off-page, SEO. We're going to be doing like every single description and we're going to put this name in because your name is this and therefore we need that name in there. And we're going to go like our, our picture is going to look like this for the posts. And I, like that's just too much detail. It's boring the client. Like you need to speak with that confidence like, look, we're going to improve your SEO. Full stop. We're going to improve it. How are we going to do it? We're not going to bore you with the details because they haven't studied what you've studied. They, have, they don't know what you know. They have heard about SEO. They have heard about Google AdWords. So just bring that out to such a degree that you obviously know what you, you should know what you're doing because you are providing a service in that for one and for two, just give them the confidence that you will be improving that um, based on what you have done, the analysis on their current situation and that you know you can improve it. So don't bore them. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say with too much detail. Well said, well said. Well said. I just want to add on to that because you touched on an important point and you said the knowledge you should know, right? So that's important. You can't just go there and just talk fluff. I mean, yeah, guys do that, but that's not really, you know, the right way of doing things. One other aspect, when designing websites, it's one thing how to know how to use WordPress, Webflow, all the co different, different coding languages and all the rest of it. But if you do not know what's called an acronym of CRO, which is Conversion Rate Optimization, I would suggest, we would suggest that you study that and you learn it. What is it? You are essentially learning the psychology of what drives conversions. How can you create a website that works, that generates sales if you do not know what works or what has helped other businesses or similar businesses and companies in the same industry? We're not going to go into so much detail on that, but there are a few resources we, we recommend to check out. That's Crazy Egg, Kiss Metrics, Digital Marketer, Moz, CLX, and Nielsen Norman Group. That's that. Nice. So moving on, um, after you've given the solution as well that you'd like to do for them, the overview, then we're going to look at the three pricing options. Why three? We do mention that, like I'll mention in our pricing podcast. Go have a listen to that. So once you mention the three options, make sure that there's a once-off fee and then a retainer fee. You really want to catch these guys with that. Not catch, but you want to get these guys on board of having a retainer um, with you because that's what helps your running costs, your monthly running costs. Mm -hmm. And once you start uh, investing for the first month into this client because you're going to invest more, a lot more time and effort into them, getting them up and running, then you're going to start getting return on that investment for you after about two, three, four months down the line because then your workload gets a little bit less, but they're still paying the same because you're generating the results for them. So mm -hmm. they're going, this works. I'm getting more sales and this guy is doing a great job. So boom, shaka, off we go, you know? Exactly. Just to add my two cents on that, we have mentioned before that 
the best type of income, excluding passive income, whichever you classify that as, is retainer income. Because let's just ask, let's just probe a question for you: Would you rather take a five thousand dollar project once off or seven hundred and fifty dollars per month? Obviously, you would take the seven hundred and fifty. Okay, well, technically, you should. Sorry, I'm getting a bit heated here. But <laughs> but the ideal solution, even better, is to do what Johanna said to get a once-off and a retainer. So then you would rather get the $5,000 plus the $750 per month. And a lot of people miss out on that retainer. And that's an important one I want to mention. Then just quickly circling back on the on the option side. Just, um, uh, uh, we, we have mentioned, we spoke a lot about this, but just a little quick sort of 10-second thing. Option one, most clients sort of don't go for it. Why? Because you're not going to make it as good. Let me give you a quick example for pricing. Option one, you might choose $3,000. Option two, you might choose $4,500. Option three, you might choose $9,000. Ideally, what you might find is they will go for option two. Actually, that's not ideally. That's actually more statistically proven. And you can see that in various different things. Look at the psychology of how iPhone prices their, their phones. Look at how jams or, or chips or snacks are displayed. Many different things are priced as the third option. Very few people will go for it. The first option looks too bad, but the second option is just a little bit more and it's got way more features. So I just want to, that was a bit more than 10 seconds, I'm sorry, but I just wanted to highlight on that point. Nice one. And then that brings us to the terms of the agreement. It's very important to have this in there. It just, it's for clarity and openness. You expect a few things from the client and they should expect things from you which you state so that just collaborates it very nicely uh, into uh, the sign off of the agreement if you, if i may um, so pretty much what you have there you can just have your name or your company's name is going into an agreement with x and uh, then you can have some some payment uh, uh, policy there saying we expect full payment uh, before we start this is just company policy, and then we expect the retainer to be paid in the beginning of each month before we start that monthly's marketing services, if you're on a monthly marketing retainer as well. So those are very nice. If you have a cancellation policy, have that in there as well. Uh, something within the lines of, um, if you'd like to cancel the services with us, please give us a month's notice because, uh, well, you can just have it in there. But the reasoning for that is if you end up having to write articles for this client, you're going to action that article a month before for the second month because you're working ahead. Mm -hmm. So you can't, you already got an expense that you got your time invested into that. So you can't all of a sudden just scrap that article now. No, no the client needs to pay for that article. That's why they need to give you a month's notice. Okay, same goes with, with other expenses that you've already planned ahead of the time for this client. Okay, then also uh, if there's any changes that you need from the client, um, if they would like changes. Also, you can just have in there, um, just give us a month's notice, you know, whether you'd like to increase a package or decrease the package, whatever, um, add more services, reduce, then you, you're also just always kept in the loop. Um, then, then it's open, it's clear, all the, all the instructions are there, then everybody's on the same page. Mm, perfectly said. Very, very well done on that. Uh, I like the point on that. Um, that is pretty much... The whole proposal. Now you've, you've, I mean, we've given, we've given an overview from start to finish. Now what you do? It's in your Outlook or it's in your folders. You need to send it. So when you send it to the client, you just send a little email, a PDF, your proposal template. Keep it very simple and straightforward. 
Thanks for discussing your business with me. I've compiled three options to achieve the best um, uh, results that I believe that we can generate with the business. Please see attached, short and sweet. Where most freelancers go wrong is they don't follow up. And let's face it, business owners are busy. They've got a business to run. They've got various different things that we can't even think about that they're busy with from cash flow to marketing to staff to legal aspects, whatever. They are busy. They can often miss it in the email. So just follow up a week later and then if they still don't get back, follow up one more time and then try even a third time if you need to. But don't give up or don't just stop because they didn't reply back to you. Mm, Very well said. How many times... I've hired a client that we've been busy with trying to have them sign a proposal for two, three months. And uh, one easily in the beginning thinks, ah, this guy's not interested. I wasted my time. But he's honestly just busy. And a lot of the time, these guys come back and say, oh, I'm so sorry. I've been so busy. Please do accept my apology. I, I want to go ahead with this. Just give me another week. I'm just shifting a few things and I'm going to p- put my attention to this. And then you, you end up being surprised because now this client might even turn out to a multiple project client, which has happened to us in the past, mm-hmm. where we've signed him. We were patient. We weren't too pushy. Uh, he came back to us. He says, great, let's go ahead. He saw our work. He's like, great. I want to do another website. Here we go. So it's like it's great. It's great for business. But, but obviously, always follow up. And then, um, yeah, I think that's it. We pretty much covered proposal. Booyah. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, guys. We hope you found this uh, episode and podcast episode helpful. If you would like to get a free copy of the proposal template we use, fear not, my friend. We have you covered. <laughs> Just type in free code camp web design or proposal on Google and it's literally the first link. We explain actually all that we've went through in this podcast in a little bit more detail as well. Click it. You've got it. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys and all the best. Go ahead and send as many proposals as you can. Get those clients racking in. We know you guys can do it. Thanks for joining us in this episode. Be sure to like and share. And we look forward to you tuning in next time for some great nuggets without the fluff.